Hi, this is Madeline Carson, fourth year medical student at Texas College of Osteopathic Medicine and future family medicine physician. This is Clinical Pearls. Since 1985, about 100 different monoclonal antibodies have been designated as therapeutic drugs. And with COVID-19, even more monoclonal antibodies have undergone emergency use authorization by the FDA. Recently, I was having a conversation about all the new treatments for COVID-19 and how it's kind of hard to keep up with them in wake of all the new information that's coming at us as healthcare providers, kind of like a wave. Well, I was talking to an emergency medicine attending who's very evidence-based, always up to date, and this provider told me, yeah, you know, it's just too bad that monoclonal antibodies are available for everybody else, but you can't use them in pregnancy. For which I quickly responded, what? (laughs) So this got me thinking, look, if this evidence-based provider who I trust and is a great emergency medicine attending still is a little bit confused about monoclonal antibodies and the therapies that we have for COVID-19, specifically in pregnancy, I thought, well, of course, what a great podcast topic. So in this session, we're going to cover monoclonal antibody use for COVID-19 during pregnancy. Is it actually allowed or is it contraindicated? Well, what does ACOG say? What does SMFM say? And what does the FDA say? So let's get into monoclonal antibodies for COVID-19 during pregnancy now. Monoclonal antibodies have been used against a large number of antigens and are used also for the treatment of certain immunological diseases. They're also used for the reversal of drug effects and they're even used as cancer therapy. Monoclonal antibodies are laboratory-made proteins that mimic the immune system's ability to fight off harmful antigens, including viruses. Regarding COVID-19, these antibodies are specifically directed against the spike protein of SARS-CoV-2, designed to block the virus's attachment and entry into human cells. By binding to a specific molecule on a pathogen, in other words, on the antigen, a monoclonal antibody can enhance or restore the immune response against that pathogen. When using these monoclonal antibodies, treatment should be started as soon as possible after the patient receives a positive result of SARS-CoV-2 antigen or nucleic acid amplification test and ideally should be started within 10 days of symptom onset, although some institutions have separate guidelines based on their own procedures and policies. Again, monoclonal antibodies target a specific antigen on a virus or bacteria. This treatment differs from convalescent plasma, which contains multiple antibodies that target different antigens. Research suggests that certain monoclonal antibodies can reduce the risk of hospitalization and death in people with asymptomatic or mild COVID-19. As of the taping of this podcast, three anti-SARS-CoV-2 monoclonal antibody products, two of which are a combination of two antibody types, currently have emergency use authorization from the FDA for the treatment of mild to moderate COVID-19 in non-hospitalized patients with laboratory-confirmed SARS-CoV-2 infection who are at high risk for progression to severe disease or hospitalization.
These monoclonal antibodies have EUA for treatment of mild to moderate COVID-19 in adult and pediatric patients that are greater than 12 years of age who weigh at least 40 kilograms and who are at high risk for progression to severe COVID-19 and or hospitalization. Now, high risk is defined in these cohorts as patients who meet at least one of the following criteria. All right, so that's the catch. Who are these patients that once they test positive for SARS-CoV-2 are at, quote, risk of progression or hospitalization, end quote? Well, there's a whole table from the NIH and the CDC that's just one Google step away. These include patients that are 65 years of age or more, patients who have obesity defined as a BMI of 30 or more, or are overweight, that's a BMI of 25 or more, patients who have diabetes or cardiovascular disease or hypertension, patients with chronic lung diseases, including COPD, moderate to severe asthma, interstitial lung disease, cystic fibrosis, or pulmonary hypertension. Additionally, patients who are immunocompromised, who have chronic kidney disease, sickle cell disease, or even some neurodevelopmental disorders also qualify for this treatment. And here's the catch, and here's why we're talking about this as it relates to pregnancy. The NIH and the CDC does recognize pregnancy as an independent variable for progression to severe disease. So pregnancy is clearly not contraindicated for the use of monoclonal antibodies, pregnant patients can indeed receive this therapy when they qualify. The COVID-19 Treatment Guideline Panel has recommended the Regeneron product as the first-line option if available. Now, here's an important disclosure. Regeneron is not a sponsor of this podcast, nor is this meant to sound as any kind of specific endorsement towards any specific treatment algorithm. But the COVID-19 Treatment Guideline Panel has stated very clearly on the website that Regeneron is the first-line option when available. According to the guidelines, which can be found on the NIH website, when using the Regeneron product, the panel recommends that 600 milligrams of antibody 1 and 600 milligrams of antibody 2 should be used as an IV infusion. And if IV infusions are not feasible or would cause a delay in treatment, then both antibodies, again at 600 milligrams, can be administered by four subcutaneous injections 2.5 mLs per injection that can be used as an alternative, again, if IV infusion therapy is just not available. The Regeneron product, which is branded RegenCove, uses two monoclonal antibodies, and this also has emergency use authorization as post-exposure prophylaxis. According to a medical report released on March 23, 2021, Regeneron's monoclonal antibodies cocktail can reduce COVID-19 hospitalization and death by 70%. The treatment also reduced the length of COVID-19 symptoms by four days on average. All right, so pregnancy is not listed as a contraindication by the NIH and the CDC, and that's fine. But what does ACOG and SMFM say? Well, let's cover their position statements right after this break. 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As stated by the NIH guidance, these immunoglobulin therapies are IgG, so they would be expected to cross the placenta. There is no pregnancy-specific data on the use of these monoclonal antibodies. However, other IgG products have been safely used in pregnant patients when their use is indicated. So, according to the NIH and the CDC, these products should not be withheld in the setting of pregnancy. When possible, pregnant and lactating individuals should, of course, be included in clinical trials that are evaluating the use of these anti-SARS-CoV-2 monoclonal antibodies in the future. But we've got to have an answer now and not wait for those trials to be completed. So here's what the college has to say about use of these monoclonal antibodies in pregnancy. According to the ACOG, pregnancy is included among the conditions that puts individuals at high risk for clinical progression after SARS-CoV-2 positivity. This makes patients with pregnancy as their only risk factor eligible to receive outpatient monoclonal antibodies according to the emergency use authorization. Obstetric care clinicians should consider the use of monoclonal antibodies for the treatment of non-hospitalized COVID-19 pregnant individuals with mild to moderate symptoms, particularly if one or more additional risk factors are present, meaning they're pregnant and their BMI is greater than 25, they have chronic kidney disease, diabetes, or cardiovascular disease. Although, remember, all they need is one factor and pregnancy alone qualifies them for use of this therapy. The SMFM has also stated that, quote, there is no absolute contraindication to their use in appropriate pregnant patients, end quote. Now, as we wrap up this podcast, a quick word about monoclonal antibody therapy as post-exposure prophylaxis. Post-exposure prophylaxis should be considered for inadequately vaccinated individuals who have been exposed to SARS-CoV-2. These individuals include those that have had a recent exposure to an individual with SARS-CoV-2 for a cumulative total of 15 minutes or more over a 24-hour period, or if there is a recent occurrence of SARS-CoV-2 infection in other individuals in the same institutional setting, and that person is not fully vaccinated, or they're fully vaccinated, but they might not be able to mount an adequate immune response. Lastly, remember that monoclonal antibody use is not a substitute for complete vaccination and social distancing measures. All right, podcast family, this brings us to a wrap. We have covered monoclonal antibody use that has emergency use authorization for COVID-19 cases, even in pregnancy, but they have to meet certain criteria. So when my friend, the ER attending, told me, man, too bad you can't use that in pregnancy, well, we quickly had a discussion that, sure you can. And I jokingly told him, look, you stick to emergency medicine and let me deal with obstetrics, so stay in your lane. And of course, we had a good laugh about that. 
Nonetheless, that's why it's important to stay up to date in all of this ever-changing data regarding COVID-19. As always, we're thankful for you, and thanks for being part of our podcast family. We'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.